Hallelujah. I think it's important for us to worship Jesus. Hallelujah. I think it's important for us to lift up our hands and lift up our voices and worship. Hallelujah. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Amen. God, we give you glory and we give you praise here this afternoon in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Somebody continue to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the only one worthy of my praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord here on this Sunday afternoon. How many is thankful to be in church today? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So thankful to have all of our guests and our visitors. Amen. I, I also want to say it's good to have, uh, and it was already mentioned, Sister Colleen and Pat in the house of the Lord. Amen. Now, her story is pretty awesome. Uh, she, she's got a sister and a brother-in-law that go to uh, First Pentecostal Church in North Little Rock, Brother Holmes, and uh, over there uh, in Arkansas. And uh, she was watching the IM and felt like she needed to go down there. So she went down there. She got baptized. God gave her the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. But she lives in God's country. And so uh, ever since Easter, we've been connecting over, uh, my wife and I have been connecting with them over uh, text message and whatnot. But we finally got to meet them at, uh, at, at the uh, Reno uh, food truck thing. And so it was good to meet up with them. And they said they were going to be at church today. So it's such, such an honor to have you in church with us. Amen. Praise God. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students and their teachers. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless their teachers. Amen. Praise God. I love it. Now, Brother Bass was on his way. He was going to come. And, uh, and so I thought about canceling Sunday school so everybody could be in. And then at the Reno uh, food truck, we ran into Cynthia. She said she's bringing a lot of kids. And said she's like, are you going to have Sunday school? I said, yes, we are. As of right now, we're going to have Sunday school. So, amen. <laughs> Praise God. And so we're glad uh, to be here in the house of the Lord. Unfortunately, Brother Bass could not make it. Amen. Uh, he tried every which way to get here. And uh, I've got a story to tell uh, to the church. Amen. If you want to turn in your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 8. And beginning in verse number 41, we're going we're gonna to have that kind of ready to roll. Amen. But yesterday, I was uh, just, man, I was out uh, getting some work done, getting ready for Brother Bass to be here. And going and trying to get a basket and getting the room all ready and everything like that. And uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I felt like I was going to die. And uh, I don't say this for effect. I really mean it. I, I hope you know how logical I am. So it was out of nowhere. I, my heart started hurting. I started feeling like I needed to throw up, but I didn't feel sick in my stomach. Immediately, I, feel, I felt such terror that I was going to die that I am the type of person that I can be the sickest in the world, but I will not go to the doctor. And so I went down to the urgent care and said, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. Figure it out. And, uh, and, and I just felt terror. I started getting all clammy, and I didn't know what was going on. And so I, I just said, figure it out. They couldn't figure out what's going on. They said, you know, if it persists, you need to go to the ER. 
and I've never had to do that in my life, uh, save a couple stitches for being a kid. And so I don't know what's going on. And, and so I thought, you know, I, I might as well just go to the church and I'm going to pray for a minute and I'm going to stay as close as I can to the ER if I do need to go. And I, I came to the church and I felt such a terror. I can't explain it. If you've ever experienced that, you know what I'm talking about, a terror that just comes over you. It is irrational. It doesn't make sense. Um, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. And so I called my wife and we prayed. And it wasn't but a few, uh, really 20, 30 minutes later, that I got a text from Brother Bass that his flight was canceled. And immediately, as soon as I read that text, whatever I had felt lifted off of me. And I didn't feel sick anymore. I didn't feel like anything was wrong. In fact, I felt fine. Immediately went right back to normal. And, and I, I knew something was up. And so I began to pray, and I, I, I do know that God's got his hand on this, on this service today, and I'm going to do my best to preach uh, because I don't normally feel like that. I'm a very logical person, and so when I feel something like that, it lets me know that this is, was, in fact, a spiritual attack uh, upon our church and uh, upon this service, and I know that God's going to do something great. So I want to preach to us here today what I feel God wants us to hear this afternoon, amen, and, and I'm, I'm thankful to say that uh, we, we, we had another prayer meeting at the park the other day uh, watching the fireworks, and uh, I felt like God touched me again, and I woke up this morning feeling absolutely fine, so I don't know what's going on. All I do know is that I believe God's got a word for us, amen, and if you look through your Bible, God would often let the prophets experience something before he went and sold, sent them to, to tell the people, and so I kind of feel like I've got direction that is very specific for us this afternoon. I want to do my best to bring it to us in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 8, verse 41. Amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 41, the Word of God says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had on, one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. We're going to skip down to verse 49. While he yet spe spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. He said, it's already over. Just stop trying. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but she sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called and said, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. Amen. Jesus looked at Jairus, Jairus at this moment, this intersection, and he gave him a choice. He said, you can fear or you can believe. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on that subject. Fear not, 
only believe. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that we already feel in this place, God. I'm praying right now, Lord, that you would touch this service. God, I already know that your hand has been on this service even before we ever stepped foot in it, God. And I'm believing that this weekend you're going to do something great, God. Tonight and tomorrow, God, you're going to bring about, amen, a, a shifting, amen, in the spiritual realm. And, God, I'm praying right now that you would anoint me to preach your word. And, God, anoint us to receive your word in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, fear not, only believe. God bless you. you may be seated. Amen. The word of the Lord declares that Jairus, or Jairus, whatever you prefer to pronounce him as, came to Jesus. But this man was not just any ordinary man that came to Jesus. The Bible declares that he was a ruler of the synagogue. Now, the ruler of the synagogue, obviously, he had to keep everything in order and everything in alignment, and uh, he was in charge at the synagogue. You could say, in his own way, he was a pastor. Um, he was the one that was in charge of this synagogue. And in this uh, synagogue, there's a difference between the synagogue and the temple. Because God ordained there could only be one temple, there was only one place in which the Jews were called to worship. And uh, somebody, I don't know at what point, but uh, they, they made the decision that we need to have other little places called synagogues. Amen. If we could only worship at Jerusalem, we need to put places throughout the region and throughout the country that people can go and still hear the word of God. Amen. And I do think that that was the forerunner for how Jesus would send out his church, that it would be starting in Jerusalem, but it would not stay in Jerusalem that the Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost was not to stop in Jerusalem, but Jesus said it was to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. Or if I could preach it where we're living, he said the Holy Ghost is to go to Carson City as well. The Holy Ghost is going to Reno as well. The Holy Ghost is to go to Minden and Gardnerville as well. The Holy Ghost is supposed to go to Sparks as well. The Holy Ghost is supposed to go, amen, to Tahoe as well. Amen, I want you to know that this kingdom marches forward. This kingdom marches on from city to city. Hallelujah. I think we ought to give God praise for that. Amen. So they decided we're going to start some synagogues everywhere. And uh, the rule of the Jews, they take this from when Abraham bargained with God that, uh, that if there were at least ten people, you could have a synagogue. Uh, if there were at least ten righteous, you were to have a synagogue. And so they went out and they started these synagogues, but they could not worship in the synagogue. Because Jesus even told the woman at the well when she said, we worship at this mountain. 
He said that the day is coming and now is where you shall no longer worship at this mountain. Amen. But, but the Father is seeking such to worship him, them that worship in spirit and in truth. He said, but right now, as it is, he said that worship is to be done in Jerusalem at the temple. The temple was a place of worship, but the synagogue was a place of reason. It was there when you find it time and time again that Jesus entered into the synagogue as was his custom. Amen. Put a plug out there. Jesus went to church. Amen. It was customary for him to go to church. Amen. I just want to throw that out there. It wasn't his custom to skip out. He went to the house of the Lord, and he went into this place, and the Bible declares that when he stood up, amen, in Luke chapter 4, that he took the scroll. He took, amen, the prophet Isaiah, and he opened it up into the prophet Isaiah and found where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he begins to read out of the scriptures, and the Bible declares he sat down. He read the word of God, and then he sat down, and everybody stared at him. The reason everybody stared at him is because they were not used to somebody reading the word and sitting down. Because the synagogue, unlike the temple, the temple being a place of worship, the synagogue was a place of reason. It was a place, it was a place of logic. Amen. It was a place in which you were to consider and you were to think and they were to articulate what the word was said. Amen. And, and I don't think that that's all wrong. But Jesus didn't show up to the synagogue just to have synagogue service like normal. Amen. Jesus showed up to that service. Uh, amen. Not to just reason with them the scriptures. Uh, Paul himself went into the synagogues reasoning the scriptures. Uh, but when Jesus showed up, uh, amen, he wanted them to know that I am not the Lord of reason. I am not the Lord of reason, and I'm not the Lord of philosophy. He wanted them to know I'm the Lord of the temple, and man, I'm the Lord that shows up amongst his people. He said, I'm the Lord that heals. I'm the Lord that delivers. They just wanted to have synagogue as normal, where they got a good Bible study. Amen. But Jesus showed up and said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen. What would happen here this afternoon? Amen. If the things that we have been taught and the things that we have believed, if they became manifested in this very service, it would blow our reason out of the window. It would throw. If God showed up in the house and the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal, I wonder who would get healed today. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen in the church uh, if somebody, uh, God touched them right now uh, and the spirit of fear left them once and for all. I wonder what would happen uh, if we let God show up uh, and be God. Uh, what would happen uh, if we threw our reason out the window uh, and said it doesn't always make sense. Uh, I don't always understand it, uh, but God, I need you to move. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Amen. Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a ruler of a place of reason. But Jesus was the ruler of the temple. Amen. And, and, and this is where we've got to decide what kind of church we want. Do we want a church that is nothing more than a place of reason? Now, I'm not talking about being illogical. Amen. I'm very logical as a person. In fact, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, the logos. God himself is logical. However, God is not a debater. And God 
God is not a philosopher, uh, and God is not one to say, well, what do you think God means? Uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, not multiple truths, not your truth. Uh, there is no reason with God, uh, amen, because God said, my way is the only way. Uh, my truth is the only truth. Uh, my life is the only life. Uh, you may not agree with it. Uh, you may want to reason against it. Uh, you may want to debate against it, uh, but there's one Lord, uh, there's one faith, uh, and there's one baptism. Can I preach to somebody uh, that's got reason working in their mind right now? Uh, amen. That's saying, I don't know if I need to be baptized. Uh, the word of the Lord declares, he that believeth and is baptized uh, shall be saved. Can I preach to somebody? In Acts chapter 2, they baptize them in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 8, they baptize them in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 10, they baptize them in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 19, they rebaptize them in Jesus' name. And every last one of them got the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. There ain't no reason in that, honey. It's the truth, and we've got to receive the truth. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Amen. This man, his whole life was centered around, amen, philosophizing and deciding on whether or not this was right or that was right. Uh, this is where you get the Pharisees start popping up. Amen. They just became camps of reason. Amen. Where they started reasoning to the point where uh, they, there was now a split. Now you got the scribes and the Pharisees. And then you got the zealots. And this is where division happens. When people take the truth and they start dividing it out. And, well, I don't, really, uh, I don't really like that. I don't really agree with that. Uh, amen. But there's something beautiful when people come together to the temple. Amen. With the, uh, with the heartbeat and the mindset uh, that we're coming to worship. Uh, amen. We need more temples, if I could put it that way. Uh, the Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, in whom the Spirit of God dwells. Amen. I want to preach to somebody. We need more houses of worship and less mindsets of reason. We need more people uh, that have chosen, I'm going to believe God, uh, and I'm just going to worship God uh, in spite uh, of what my mind says, uh, in spite uh, of what my reason says. Amen. Because reason will fight against your faith. Amen. They reasoned the scripture so much they no longer believe when Jesus stood up and told them the scripture was happening. Amen. God help us if we have reason to the point where we say, uh, well, yeah, God used to heal, but he don't heal today. I've come to tell you that's a lie from the devil. God still heals. There's some people in the house of God. God has healed you. There's some people in the house of the Lord. God has touched your mind. God has touched your body. Amen. Reason will tell you that you need a 12-step program in order to get delivered. But I've come to tell you just one touch from Jesus, uh, and that addiction can go out the window. Amen. The world will reason and tell you that you need to get some counseling, uh, amen, from your trauma. But I want to tell you, just one trip down to this altar, amen, just one trip down to the altar, amen, God can touch you uh, and God can transform you. Uh, just one touch of Jesus and water turns into wine. Uh, just one touch from Jesus and a drug addict becomes clean forever. Uh, just one touch from Jesus uh, and those who are alcoholics, uh, amen, sober up. Just one touch. Our world wants to reason things like that and say, no, amen. We've got the ruler of the synagogue, the ruler of reason versus the prince of peace. And the Bible declares that he's walking and he comes to Jesus. I, I can only imagine he couldn't figure it out at this point. And sometimes to get us out of our reason, God has got to bring things that are unreasonable. 
Sometimes to get us out of our, our, our reasoning, God has got to bring things in our lives that so shake us out of our norm. Amen. This is why there is purpose in pain, and there is purpose in the unknown, and there is purpose in the times where you just you can't quite figure it out. Amen. Sometimes God has to bring such chaotic and crazy things and allow them. Amen. God's not the author of confusion, but God will allow the confusion working in your life. Amen. God will allow the storm to come into your world. God will allow the trial because he knows that if it was not for the trial, your faith would never be perfected. If it were not for the things that were unreasonable, if it were not for the things you could not understand, if it were not for the things you couldn't comprehend, your faith would never be purified. Your faith would never grow. You would stay in reason and you would die in reason. And Jairus, there's got to sometimes come sickness and there's got to sometimes come death and there's sometimes got to come hard things because you've been living your whole life reasoning the scriptures and reasoning God and trying to understand him logically trying to figure him out but the bible says that if anybody comes to god the bible says without faith it is impossible to please god because he that comes to god must everybody say must must believe that he is you must believe that he is you can't reason that he is you can't decipher that he is you can't figure out that he is you gotta believe that he is everything starts at faith everything starts at belief and sometimes hard things gotta show up for us to step out of reason and to step into faith oh somebody ought to give god praise in this house He's got to have something come into your life, Jairus. Because when you get through that, you're going to have faith. And something that brought this ruler of the synagogue. Notice how he didn't go to his buddies in the synagogue. Because he understood that reason has taken me all the way this far. But it cannot heal my daughter. I can't figure it out. So he hears about Jesus. It's something that he can't reason away. He's heard some pretty crazy and chaotic stories about Jesus. And so the Bible declares that he runs to Jesus, a ruler, a ruler of a place of reason, falls at his feet and begins to worship him. He left his synagogue for the temple, folks. He fell down, amen, at Jesus and began to say, Lord, my daughter is lying at the point of death, and I've tried everything I can reason out. I've tried everything I can figure out on my own by my own power. I've done everything that I can, but, God, I realize that this is beyond me, and I cannot do it by myself, and I need your help. There's some folks in the house of God that are at that place right now. And the Bible declares that Jesus says, I will show up and I will come to your house and I will heal your daughter. Amen. You can reason that away if you want, that Jesus is just being nice to Jairus. Or you can accept it in faith that Jesus is really going to help. Amen. There's some people right now that as I preach this message, you need God's help. Hallelujah. You need God's help. You tried everybody else's help, and it hasn't helped you. You need God's help, and God sent me into this house to tell you that God is going to help you. 
Can I say it again? God told me to tell you, he's going to help you. He's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you. But you got to have faith, not reason. you got to have faith, not fear. You've got to have faith that God will do what he said he's going to do. Amen. Falls down and, and he starts walking with Jesus. Amen. But I want to I want you to understand that this this walk to us is short, but this walk to Jairus is real long. Amen. We don't know how far his house really was, but we do know what happened on the way to his house. We skipped the reading of the text, but let me tell you in short, it's one we preach about all the time. That the th- the crowd thronged him. Jesus, because they all came. It was an atmosphere of faith. Everybody had faith that God was going to do something. They've been following him from miracle to miracle. Everybody waiting, amen, to see the next miracle. Everybody, it was like a circus show. Everybody wanted to see the next miracle. Amen. You got spectators everywhere you go. They just want to see it. Amen. But thank God there was a woman that had been sick for so long. The Bible says she tried every physician. She tried every doctor. uh, She tried everything. And the Bible says she spent all she had and only grew worse. And she was not content to be like the crowd that was just spectating. But the Bible declares she wanted to be a participant in the miracle. She wasn't just wanting to see a miracle. She said, I want to be a miracle. And if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I shall be whole. The crowds are thronging him, slowing down Jesus. Uh, I'm sure Jairus is running ahead saying, come on, come on, come on. Amen. You don't understand how severe the situation was. Uh, and his brain is working overtime. Uh, his anxiety is going through the roof. Uh, he's reasoning and reasoning and reasoning. Jesus, you need to show up. Uh, if you don't get there in the next 20 minutes, she might die. Uh, if you don't show up, uh, I have faith that you said you're going to heal her, but you need to hurry up. Amen. And the Bible says this woman touched Jesus by the hem of his garment, and Jesus stopped. And Jerry's probably kept walking until he turned around and said, what are you doing? Come on. This is important. Amen. Don't you understand? Uh, amen. Can't you reason with me that this is, uh, this is not good? You should not be stopping. And Jesus said, somebody touch me. I'm sure Peter looked at him and said, Lord, everybody touch you. I'm touching you. Everybody's touching you. He said, no, somebody touched me and pulled something from me. Uh, amen. Which, which is not in my nose, but let me tell you, uh, amen, that if Jesus is even on his way to heal somebody else, uh, that doesn't mean you can't be healed as well. If Jesus is headed to your neighbor's house, he's in the neighborhood. So you might as well stop him on the way and say, Jesus, if you're blessing in this season, bless me as well. Jesus, if you're passing by, don't pass me by. If you're in my neighborhood, uh, come to my house as well. Are there any folks that want God to touch them? Are there any folks that are desperate for God to move? Uh, Are there anybody? This woman just stopped Jesus dead in his tracks. And now Jesus is stopped. He wants to have a conversation with this woman. And I can imagine Jairus is thinking, oh, my goodness, i got to get back to my daughter. He starts probably reasoning in his mind that if I don't get there, she's going to die. And if she's going to die, I at least want to spend the last few waking moments with her. And he starts thinking, and I, I'm preaching to the overthinkers in the house of God here this afternoon. Amen. That now there's an interruption, interrupted by this woman that had an issue of blood, interrupted by this person, amen, that, 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 that she's lived her whole life. Amen. She's had this sickness for 12 years, and, and can't she just wait her 
turn and can't she just wait? You know, there's a 12-year-old girl that needs to be healed and, and can you just stand in line like everybody else and he's working it out in his brain and no doubt he's getting angry and no doubt he's getting frustrated. Uh, amen. And sometimes, uh, amen, it's the delays that God allows in life uh, that can hinder your faith uh, and God will allow delays to show up. Uh, amen. Not to hurt your faith, uh, not to hinder your faith, uh, but to help you find out whether or not you really got faith. Uh, amen. There's people, they can believe God to do it right now, but what about next week? Uh, right now when you hear the preacher preaching, uh, but what about Tuesday afternoon uh, when the church is not surrounding you uh, and there's been a delay on your miracle? Uh, can you still have faith in God? He says, okay, all right, all right. I'm just going... Amen. And Jairus doesn't give up at this moment. He doesn't let the delays hinder him. He said, Jesus said he's going to help me. I'm going to trust him. They walk a little further. They get past the delay. Okay, God's going to come through. Amen. God's going to show up. Everything God promised is going to come to pass. And Amen. All of a sudden, he comes a Sunday afternoon service, and God boosts up his faith, and he's feeling excited again. And Amen. It, it tones his reason down a little bit. Amen. He hears the worship. He worships a little bit and says, all right, everything's good. And it tones his reason down a little bit. And all of a sudden, as they're walking, Amen, there comes a messenger unto him. And this messenger came with a message that was nothing more than bad news. Anybody ever got those kind of messengers? Some of y'all got them in the mail. It's called a bill. Praise God. Amen. Some of y'all got it. Amen. It was a report from the doctor. Some of y'all got it. It was just something the devil spoke in your ear. This messenger shows up and says, don't even trouble the master. It's not even worth your time. I want you to look at how many reasonable things that this messenger brought to this man of reason. He said, don't trouble the master. Amen. Don't even waste your time with the master. Amen. In fact, you better get heading home. You got to plan a funeral because your daughter's no longer sick. She is dead. He he started reasoning with this man and said, you want to know what? Amen. There's nothing Jesus can do. Amen. For who can raise the dead? Who can heal after somebody's already been dead? You might as well quit right now. Up to this point, this man has been motivated, amen, to leave his position of authority at the synagogue, to leave all his responsibilities, to even set his reason by the side because he's motivated by the love that he has for his daughter. He just wants to see his daughter healed. But now this messenger brings a message of fear. And, and, and this message of fear is threatening to demotivate him, to stop him in his endeavor to get Jesus to his daughter. It is now threatening him to go back to a place of reason, to think it over. But he has a moment to decide, am I going to keep letting myself be motivated by the love I have for my daughter? Or am I going to let this message of fear hinder me and stop me, amen, from getting my miracle? I've just come to preach to somebody. Jesus presented him with a choice. You have the choice to stay in fear and to stay in your reasons. Or you have the choice to believe God. I think we ought to lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, I think we ought to lift up our hands and pray. I'm just about done preaching. 
But I've come to preach, amen, what I have experienced, amen, yesterday night, amen, that you have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. Are you going to let fear overtake you? Are you going to trust God? Are you going to have a prayer meeting and believe God's going to touch you? Amen. Are you going to let fear paralyze you? Somebody pray. Some people think they don't have a choice between fear and faith. Some people don't think they have a choice between fear and belief. But I want to tell you, you have a choice. You have a choice. You cannot hinder the feelings of fear. You cannot hinder the immediacy of fear. But you can, amen, make a decision. I'm going to believe God. Amen. I'll say that again. You may not be able to control the immediacy of the fear that shows up. Amen. The messenger, you can't shoot the messenger. You can't always stop the messenger. But you can make a decision that if I have to choose between the messenger and Jesus Christ's love for me, I'm going to choose Jesus right now. I'm going to choose him. He's going to help me. I'm going to choose that he said he's going to help me. I'm going to hold on to that word in spite of what I see right now, in spite of what my mind is telling me in spite of what the messenger's been telling me the bible declares this amen that fear hath torment i want to tell somebody that's been battling the spirit of fear i battled it last night amen i came to preach amen about the spirit of fear i've come to tell you the bible says fear hath torments and there are people in the house of the lord right now i've come to preach amen i did not experience that for no reason amen god spoke it to me that somebody in this house today has been fighting and has been facing the spirit of fear it has been keeping you up at night it has been causing you heart problems can I preach to somebody in the house of the Lord? The spirit of fear has been keeping you up. It has been causing you to not sleep. Amen. It has been causing you, amen, all sorts of trouble, and it is affecting every area of your life. Amen. The Bible declares that fear has torments. It has literally been tormenting you and terrorizing you. These messengers, amen, have been coming, amen, into your mind and causing the wheels to turn, and that fear has been paralyzing you. Paralyzing you from coming to church. Paralyzing you from going to the altar. Paralyzing you from getting to Jesus. Paralyzing you from moving forward. Paralyzing you. But I've come to preach to you that God came to set you free of your fear. Somebody ought to worship him. Somebody ought to give him praise. Fear have torments. Amen. In Jesus' name, that's it, Brother Worley. The devil's still a liar, church. The spirit of fear is still a liar. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. If the devil told you he's going to do it to you, he doesn't have the authority. He doesn't have the power. So you might as well stand firm. God already spoke a word. Fear has torments. You know why? Because fear is when your imagination runs wild. It starts to... Reason every possible negative situation. Fear is nothing but faith in the negative. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? Pessimism is a low-grade fever of faith. Because you believe every negative thing can happen, but you don't believe one moment that one good thing can happen. You got faith, all right. You just got fear. Hallelujah. Amen. That's motivating that. I've preached it before, and I'll preach it again. There's two main motivators in life, fear and love. 
Fear will get us out of this building if, if it's on fire. But love will send some of us back in to get people out of the fire. And can I preach to somebody what the remedy is to fear? Fear has torments. Fear is when your imagination runs wild. But I've come to preach to somebody in the Holy Ghost that the Bible declares perfect love casts out all fear. I've come to preach that the Bible declares God did not give us a spirit of fear. Because God is love. God is love perfected. God is love personified. And God loves you. So that spirit is not coming from him. It is coming from the pits of hell. Fear. Amen. This man of reason, this man of logic, this overthinker of a man, everything's running wild. What's he going to find when he gets home? What's going to go wrong when he gets home? Oh, no, what's going to happen next? When's the boot going to fall? When's the shoe going to drop? He starts thinking, oh, my goodness, am I going to have enough for the funeral? Am I going to be able to perform this? Amen. Am I going to be able to mostly go through this? He's already living 20 weeks. He's already living a week down the road at the funeral, but he hasn't even got to the house yet. He's already already living. Amen. Fear is nothing more than a, a pessimistic view of the future that you got faith in and you're looking down the road. Amen. God's already spoken something to you. God's already told you he's going to help you, but you got something way down here that you don't know about. That's why Jesus said, do not fret yourself for tomorrow. He said, amen, today's got enough things that are evil. Amen. Jesus is saying there's enough problems today. Man's life is but a, a few moments. It's full of troubles, what the Bible says. Don't worry about tomorrow. Because tar- tomorrow will take care of itself. There are people right now, you are so bound up by the spirit of fear that you are thinking about next year. You are thinking about next week. You are thinking about next month. And it is hindering you from living today. God sent me to preach, amen, that spirit of fear out of the house of the Lord. God has sent me to tell you, fear not, only believe. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. In fact, let's stand across the building and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. There's some people right now, the devil has been sending messengers to your mind and messengers to your heart. Amen. But I withstand that spirit in Jesus' name. You can reason away. Say, that preacher's weird. That's all right. Wait till you, you get an encounter yourself. Amen. You can say, that, that, that guy's a little off. That's all right. Amen. If you only knew how logical I really am, I want to tell you here today, we're in a spiritual battle. Amen. It's, it's something that if we were to open up our spiritual eyes, we would see that the devil has been fighting people all across this house. There are visitors in the house of the Lord that you have been kept up by fear and by anxiety and by stress. But God sent a preacher to tell you, amen, that God's love is going to help you. God's love is going to be with you. Jesus challenged this man. You can believe in the face of everything you fear. You can have faith. Even when you get a bad report. You can have faith. It is possible. God would never ask anything of us if it was not possible. 
If it's impossible, he does it. If it's possible, we are called to do it. He didn't tell him, now start thinking about what's the worst that could happen. He said, I want you to start thinking about what's the best that could happen. What would happen if you started saying, devil, I rebuke that. I rebuke that thought process. I rebuke. I rebuke that narrative in my mind. I rebuke that narrative I've been reasoning out. And you start letting God work on your mind. The Bible says we got to let our mind be renewed by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will start speaking to you. I came to preach to somebody. The Holy Ghost will start transforming your mind. And you'll start thinking, okay, God, if I've got to dwell on something, I'm going to dwell on what is possible when I pray. I'm going to dwell on what's possible when God said he's going to step in and help. When i got to think about it's not. Uh, what could go wrong uh, it's saying God if I can get you involved uh, what could happen right Man, Jesus said you have a decision to make you can let fear immobilize you oh I feel the Holy Ghost I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I've come to preach to somebody. There are people that you have become immobilized. You have become, amen, numbed because of fear. And you are paralyzed by fear. But God sent a preacher to tell you, amen, that today God is going to cast that spirit of fear out of you if you'll let him. So he's there. He's got a decision to make. Do I stay immobilized by fear? Do I let fear stop me in my tracks? Here's the deal. Fear stopped him right there. His daughter stays dead. It's already a negative situation. But Jesus looks at him and says, I told you I was going to help you. And I was going to heal your daughter. So you have a decision to make. You can believe what I told you. Or you can believe what the messenger told you. You can believe what my word says. Or you can believe that report. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody? Whose report Will you believe? You have a decision to make. Do I trust in what I heard when I was on my knees praying? Or do I trust what I heard in the midnight hour when the messenger is yelling in my ear? Jairus has a moment. He looks at Jesus and says, all right, let's double time it. We got to go heal my daughter. I've come to preach to somebody, if you make the decision today, God, I'm just going to believe you in spite of what I've seen. I'm going to believe you in spite of what I've felt. I'm going to believe you in spite of what I've experienced. I want to tell you, miracles are coming to your life. The Bible declares Jesus shows up to the house, and they got paid mourners. Yeah, that'd be a great career. There's some folks there sour enough, they probably do good at it. Everything's negative. And Jesus says, don't cry, get out. Because we're not about to have a funeral. You got to cast the funeral out, folks. Say, no. I'm not, I'm not gonna have a I'm not gonna have a pity party. I'm not gonna no, because if I believe God's gonna help me, I'm gonna start removing things, amen, that have been helping my doubts. Amen. That have been in that have been amen accept, helping me accept the negative. And Jesus said, that's gotta go. And they left. Jesus said, everybody out of this room, except for those that have faith. Only those that have chosen to believe are welcome in this room. Can I preach to somebody? There's certain areas and levels in God 
that if you stop choosing faith, the door shuts. But if you make the decision, God, I'm going to trust you even though I don't see what's going on. I'm going to believe you and have faith even though it doesn't feel good right now. Even though my reason and my logic says it's not going to work, I'm going to trust God. The door opens for you. And the Bible declares they went in that room. He wanted this mother and father to see what I'm about to do. Because you chose faith. Because you chose to believe. Because you chose, oh, I wonder what happened in somebody's life today. If you threw the pessimism out the window and all the negative thought processes and all the messenger has told you throughout the week of what can't happen. And you let God speak a word to you of what is possible. With God, all things are possible. And the Bible says he grabs her by the hand and he says, time to get up. And the Bible declares that girl got up from her sleep, from her death. All because one person chose to believe. They chose to believe in spite of the fear that they had. They chose to believe in spite of all the reasons they were given. Faith is only valuable in the midst of an opposing view. Faith is only faith. It's not faith when it starts to rain, Noah. It's faith when there is no rain and God told you it's going to rain. Abraham, it's not faith when you're holding your child. It's faith when you're 90 years old and ain't nothing happened. Come on, somebody. Faith is only faith when there is an absence when there is a nothingness, when there is a negative. But I want to preach to somebody that even in the midst of that, you can make the decision, I will believe. I want us to lift up our hands and let's pray all across this house. I rebuke the spirit of fear. I rebuke the spirit of the messenger that has come. God sent me in this house, amen, to tell somebody uh, perfect love is casting out fear right now, that the love of God is in this place, uh, amen, that anxiety's got to go, that stress has got to go, uh, amen, that fear that hath torment's got to go, uh, that those night tremors you've been having have got to go, those nightmares the devil's been keeping you up with have got to go, but the only way it goes is if you choose uh, to have faith that God's going to help you that if you choose to believe in God uh, he's going to do it right now come on that's somebody pray in the Holy Ghost come on Jairus fear not only believe don't trust in your mind don't trust in your reason don't trust in what you heard don't trust in just what you see don't just trust in what you observed but trust in what you believe somebody pray I want to open up this altar. Would you come? God sent me with a specific word for this house. Amen. Today on this service, amen, I have fought hell for this service because there is somebody that's going to get delivered from fear right now. There is somebody that's going to choose faith right now. There is somebody that's going to get delivered. The love of God is entering this room. The love of God is going to fill your heart by the Holy Ghost. It's going to spread abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And God sent me to tell you, amen, that it's going to be all right. God sent me to tell you, have faith in God. God sent me to tell you to have faith, to believe. God sent me to tell you, uh, fear not. Come on, if you're visiting with us, I want to encourage you down this altar. You need to let God touch you today, visit a friend. 
This world's a scary place. This world's propagating fear and motivating you by fear, uh, getting you to do all sorts of things by fear. But God sent a preacher to tell you, uh, you need to have faith in God. You need to say, Lord, help me today. You're facing a situation. You need God's help. God sent me to tell you God wants to help you, but you got to believe him to help you. you got to ask him to help you. you got to be willing to let him help you. Come on, let him help you in the midst of the delay. Let him help you in the midst of the bad report. Let him help you. Choose to believe that he's going to help you. Come on, let's lift up your hands and let's pray all across this building. God's not a liar. It's not possible that God should lie. He's going to help you, but you got to believe him, Jairus. you got to believe him. Creator, healer, wonder-working, miracle God, you can do Somebody pray right now. Whatever you're facing, say, God, I will choose to believe. I will be swayed by what I see right now. A glimmer of hope. A glimmer of hope is breaking through. Come on, that's it. I feel the light breaking through the darkness in your world right now. Can't 